most deals I see are underwritten on a five-year timeline, but we actually underwrite deals that are on bridge loans on a three-year hold. And the reason why we do that is we match the term of the underwriting to the term of the bridge loan. So typically bridge loans are three years initial term with two one-year extension options. We call them a three plus one plus one. And that's why we want to match the initial term of the bridge loan uh, with the underwriting. So that way we, there's no mismatch, right? So however, I am seeing people do bridge loans that are a three plus one plus one on a five-year underwriting because it is more in line with expectations and people generally are used to seeing five-year underwriting. So that's what people like. Um, and so that's what people are doing. However, what do you do about the mismatch, right? So one thing you could do with the mismatch is you could assume that you're going to exercise the extension options on the bridge loan in order to make the uh, bridge loan full term, three plus one plus one of a total of five years to match your five-year underwriting. And then you have to factor in the costs of those one-year extensions into your underwriting, which I'm assuming most people don't. Um, so that's kind of an inherent flaw right there. So that's, that'd be one solution, right? You could uh, actually assume the execution of those extension options and, and extension options can be anywhere from 25 basis points of the loan amount to a full 1% of the loan amount. And, uh, you know, 1% of the loan amount is a pretty expensive extension option. And I'm sure that that wouldn't look super great in your underwriting. If you had to assume paying a point, uh, for, uh, you know, two points for those extra two years. So, so that's not an ideal solution in my opinion, uh, but it definitely is viable. Then the you know the other option is simply to reduce your underwriting period to three years to match the initial term, right? And then you assume, okay, we're going to sell after the initial term is up, right? You know, around that maturity, and you won't need to actually exercise those extension options. So the other reason why we like to do the three-year option over the five-year when it's a bridge loan is we're making this assumption or this implication that there's going to be a capital event sooner rather than later, right? So certainly uh, our plan isn't to exercise those extension options. That would be only in a downside scenario where you'd actually need those extensions because the goal when you go in on a bridge loan is to quickly implement your business plan and then get out of it either through a refinance or a sale. And with a three-year underwriting, we're, we're making the assumption that we're going to exit the bridge loan in three years or less. And like I said, it can be either done through a refi into a permanent agency loan, which will be, you know, longer term, uh, lower, lower interest rate and have more years interest only, right? Which is great for the deal or we'll simply sell and you'll definitely get an IRR uh, boost if you're you know, able to sell in 24 months versus 36 months. So, that's another reason to under on the three-year term. Now, the downsides, kind of what I uh, implied before about the three-year term for your underwriting is that it's different. Um, a lot of investors are used to seeing the five years, so the three-year is, is different. And, you know, one of the ways that it's kind of uh, creates dissonance is the equity multiple on a three-year underwriting is lower than a five-year. Obviously, it doesn't really matter how good the deals are. Uh, if you're holding a deal for longer, your equity multiple is going to be larger. You're, you have more years to cash flow, more years to grow the value of the property per the assumptions of the model. So people might be used to seeing, you know, 1.8, 1.9x, 2x equity multiples, but you're rarely going to see that on a three-year underwriting. So it's unfair to compare the equity multiple on different timelines. Similarly, a bit more nuanced 
It's also not quite fair to compare IRRs on three-year underwritings versus five-year underwritings. Due to the time value of money and the way that IRRs are calculated, a three-year underwriting, all else being equal, will show a higher IRR than a five-year. And that's simply because you're monetizing, especially if it's a value ideal, you're creating value up front and then you're monetizing that value through a sale in three years instead of five years. So just off, just due to that alone, you're going to have a higher IRR for a three-year underwriting. And so that's why we actually demand an IRR premium for deals that we underwrite on a three-year hold. And we only underwrite deals on a three-year hold if they're a bridge loan. So now if we're doing a three-year deal on a bridge versus a five-year deal on a perm loan, right, we have two different kind of categories of deals. And they're different in their projected hold period as well as their financing. And both of those carry different risk premiums, um, one being an implicit risk premium where the bridge loans are typically higher risk than a permanent loan. And so you should demand a higher return for a deal that's financed with a bridge over a perm. And then you have the explicit increase in IRR that's going to come from having a shorter hold period, right? The three years versus the five years. So that's why we're looking for typically 16 and a half and greater IRR net to investor for a three-year bridge loan deal, whereas we're willing to accept all the way down to a 13% net IRR uh, for a five-year underwritten deal with permanent financing. Because we feel so strongly about the lower risk nature and stability of, you know, underwriting a deal in a five year and more importantly, financing it with long-term debt. So those are some of the ways that we combat the differences between the two strategies, but nevertheless, we get investors, you know, asking questions and pushback and actually some very interesting pushback, which, uh, you know, we hadn't really put much thought into, but it is a very valid point is the fact that if you underwrite a deal with a base case scenario of a five-year hold and you end up actually selling in two years, right, you all of a sudden took this business plan that was spread across five years and jammed it into two years and you're going to get a much bigger IRR. You're going to crush expectations. However, if you underwrite the deal on a three-year hold and that's your base case, right, you know, what if you have to hold it for another year and it's a four-year hold or a five-year hold, right? Now you're, you're underperforming. So, you know, this one investor that we have was arguing that the likelihood of underperformance is actually greater on a three-year hold than it is on a five-year hold. And just, you know, in a vacuum, that's hard to argue. It's, it's you know, mathematically most likely true. Um, but, you know, you can simply sensitize the deal across multiple hold periods and look and see, okay, well, from hold periods, you know, three years, four years, five years, all the way out to 10 years, you know, what happens to the IRR? Naturally, the IRR should erode you know go down slightly over time but it, are we talking like a 50 basis point move a 100 basis point move you know five percent difference so it's good to kind of see that and stress that as a difference but nevertheless it is kind of a mental barrier that's hard to get away get get over for for many so question for you is how are you underwriting deals uh as far as the hold period if it's on a bridge loan right we've got Bridge loans, which are typically the three plus one plus one that we discussed, and some are even shorter hold periods with no extension options. And so how do you kind of match that up with the traditional five-year hold that most people are used to 